What's happening, y'all? Um, we are live on Periscope, not on Twitter today. Unfortunately, there is temporary Facebook. problems on Facebook Live. Yeah, sorry, we're on Periscope, not Facebook. Um, I'll keep trying to lock it in, but if it doesn't work, I'll throw on the episode on Facebook. Um, for those listening on the podcast, what's happening? And welcome to Pod That. Two brothers talking sports. And uh, today we have some sports and some, we have some basketball and football, George, and we have a random story about a sinkhole. Well, let's start off with a random story about the sinkhole as our icebreaker. Why Why not? Let, let, give it to me, my man. A massive 142-meter-wide sinkhole swallow, swallows an entire house and two dogs in Mexico. And for if you don't know what 124-meter, they said bigger than a, larger than a football field sinkhole. Uh, sinkholes are absolutely terrifying. Uh, there's a couple of things to me, Sammy, that are really terrifying. And I would love to do more research on one of them, which is sinkholes. And another one, which is quicksand. Like to me, quicksand is crazy. Sinkholes are crazy. And I'm fucking terrified of both of them. I couldn't imagine like knowing a sinkhole is coming. I mean, you just, what, what happens? Like do sinkholes have a pattern? Do they occur in the same places? Do people even know why they occur? Like it blows my mind that this can happen. Well, a sinkhole is, um, well, sinkholes can kind of be cool because, you know, like cenotes in Mexico, like where you go swimming, those are technically sinkholes that were made. Really? Huh? Now, but now there's water and life in them, but it it also is like, could be a swallow hole. It's a depression hole in the ground caused by a form of collapse of the surface, which is chemical delusion of carbonate rocks. So basically it is like a disintegration of whatever materials on the floor and it's pretty crazy if you look at this photo for those that are live if you're listening on the pod it's kind of hard that's what a uh almost what two football field sinkhole look like looks like and it took a dog two dogs and a house but they were all recovered so it's maybe not quite like a black hole out in uh outer space but it is pretty creepy and i um i think the only thing better than that compared to quicksand like you're saying is i feel like that you kind of see happening Right, quicksand. Which, which one I would you rather like, be swallowed by? I mean, if you had to choose, and well, if you know, you're in the unfortunate situation. Okay, I mean, the, the, I mean, it, I just told you the house and the two dogs were recovered. I don't know if people recover from quicksand. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, um, do you just like? I've also I, swam in a cenote, so. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you're a big cenote guy. I know that about you. I mean, if there's one thing I know about Sammy George where he loves his cenotes. But I think uh, I'm with you. I'd rather be swallowed by a sinkhole. You might survive a quicksand. I I, I don't think too many people, Sammy, have uh, have survived to tell the story about when they almost got swallowed by quicksand. Well, it's also basically impossible to die from quicksand. Fun fact. What? No way. You're kidding me. Because it is denser than the human body. So what happens? You just you eventually can get out. It's just like dense. It'd be like it. It's like standing water when you go under, basically. Oh, that's it, that's, that's crazy, on Google. Man. It literally says like it's impossible to die in a way that it's depicted in movies. <laughs> well, I've been lied to my whole entire life. I think it was in the Jungle Book when I was little. I saw I think some a character in a Jungle Book. I could be wrong about what movie it was. Died in quicksand or got barely saved from quicksand. I forget the exact story. And I've been terrified of quicksand since. And now you just calmed all my fears. Neither one is scary. Well, they're actually well, sinkholes are scary. They're, no, they're both scary, but they're both not that dangerous. Um, 
One other big piece of news today is that uh, Carl Nassib, Nassib, how do you say the last name? Nassib, Nassib? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to assume Nassib is like the way like his great ancestry said it since it sounds spelled like an Arabic name and there's a lot of Arabic people with that last name. But I was reading more about him. I don't think they like know much about her- their heritage because he said his dad was not an immigrant. His grandparents were an immigrant uh, and his uh, dad played quarterback at Delaware State and his brother's actually a, was drafted in the NFL as a quarterback as well. <laughs> so pronunciation um, is uh, I like we go from what's the pronunciation? Is it Nassib? Well, let me tell you his life story of him not knowing anything. No, the best is that you didn't give me a life story with information about him. A life story that literally <laughs> was saying, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, let me give you a life story about how I know that he doesn't know his heritage. And so the answer to your question is, I don't know. And he is obviously, uh, in bigger news, the first openly active gay player to come out in the NFL. We had Michael Sam in the past who got drafted, but uh, didn't make it in the NFL, right? I think he played like some preseason games. I think he made, played the preseason, got cut, and then no one took him after that. So. That was so his Carl Nassib, Nassib, however you say it, is the first openly gay player to come out. And yesterday, he obviously uh, he got a lot of love around the league, a lot of support. Um, what I found really interesting, because I know everybody's talking about that same topic today, but what I found very interesting was his jersey sales. Number one in the world or America, however they count it, today and yesterday. And to me, that was, I, I don't want to say shocking, but I guess surprising in some way. Yeah, I mean, I think World America is probably the same thing, right? It's not like NFL jersey sales are huge in um, Ghana, West Africa. So I think the NFL is like, you know, probably just America and parts of Europe. So it's it's an American thing, right? But in general, this is a huge, huge, huge deal to be number one. I'm actually, um, I mean, you see this a couple of times. You saw like with Tim Tebow came back, he was number one for a few days. Nassib now, or Nassib is... Um, number one for a few days. It's really cool. And just goes to show that it's impacted probably a lot more people than we realize it impacted. Right. And a lot of people found it really cool. And I think a lot of people who might've been like nervous to come out of a closet might now, you know, feel more comfortable because it takes one, right? Like now there's probably more openly gay NFL players that might feel like they're more comfortable to come out after seeing a positive reaction. Yeah. I also think that uh, the way he did it in kind of clearly stating like, Hey, I literally don't want attention. He's like, I'm a pretty private guy. I'm just doing it because like, I, I think eventually I would hope people don't have to like announce it like news. And that's kind of like one of the reasons I think it was so well received is he was like, listen, like I'm not here for my pity story. I'm not here for like a, like the courageous Mm -hmm. hero award. He was like, I just want to say it out loud. So eventually this does not become like something that people should be shocked about. Like it's just a normal thing. And I think that's what was cool. And I think that's why people really like, I think, uh, received it well. And to be the top selling Jersey for two days in a row, I think is quite impressive. Um, just because it's a world where maybe 10 years ago, that would have not happened at all. And that's why I think it's pretty cool. I also do think I want, you know, I wonder later on and maybe more stories will come out, but I just wonder if his teammates knew, right? Like already, like there's the locker room, such a intimate place where people hang out with a lot, like not, maybe not the whole entire team knew, but maybe some players in his position group knew, maybe some players that were close to him already knew. So I don't think like 
if he's been in a locker room for a long time, I don't think he's going to be received that much differently in the locker room with people knowing like, hey, man, this guy's been in. The, it's not like he's not been in the league. I think he's been in the league. What now? Like four or five years. So like he, yeah. he's a real he's a real player. He's had teammates and there's never been problems with him before. Yeah. I mean, I, I think also the jersey sale part simply is the reason it's even extra interesting is you mentioned like Tim Tebow and different guys like this guy's a defensive end coming out as gay and like just a defensive end that's not like a super superstar or anything like Tim Tebow was a superstar quarterback true like to be a openly gay player defensive end that not that many people knew before this day that's pretty impressive absolutely you became number one and then we're going to be talking some Suns basketball, George, because today is a hot day in the Valley, as always, and it's going to be hot for basketball if the Suns win 2-0 without Chris Paul, which is pretty crazy to think if I told you the Suns were going to make it to the conference finals and be up one nothing against the Clippers mm-hmm. without Chris Paul. Um, if I said that like six months ago, it'd probably sound pretty crazy. Yeah, totally. Um, I like the pun on words there. It's a hot day for Phoenix Suns basketball. Good job there. Um, but one thing I did before we get into the Suns thing, I want to get into Chris Paul for a second. I, did you see that he is not playing in the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see? I, I just wanted to mention this for a second. But do you see Shams this morning reported he was going to the Olympics? Now there's like a yeah. whole Twitter thing. Shams versus Woj. Like I, th- I found it pretty interesting that Shams in the morning said Chris Paul will be playing in the Olympics, and then Woj in the afternoon says Chris Paul won't be playing in the Olympics. Yeah, this happens sometimes with Shams and Woj. I, I didn't. I know everyone f- found that so interesting, but I was just like, he pro- he maybe said to somebody he's going to play and committed, and then changed his mind. Like you never know. I mean, it's. <laughs> I know. I wonder, but Shams like he he got that. For, who would like? My question is who who would Shams get it from? For it to actually be inaccurate, right? Because he's pretty like, I mean, how many times has Shams or Woj tweeted something that's inaccurate? Yeah, like, I know. That's why I find so it, who told him. That's exactly why I find it interesting. I know, you don't I have wonder, to explain why you find like, it interesting. I'm, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm asking well, I, like, who I know, could it I'm be? Just, I, I'm just explaining why I found it interesting. That's what you said. Is like why I find it interesting. I wonder if someone is feeding him information. Maybe someone's pissed off at him. Maybe someone, one of his contacts he did wrong by and now it's like i'm gonna fuck him over with this one like you never know how these things work there's business relationships in the world where it's like oh i'm not cool with this guy anymore I'm gonna, he did something i didn't like so i'm gonna feed him something wrong or not saying not saying that happened but i'm just saying like it, it's a possibility or chris paul changed his mind one of the two in, in two hours yeah i mean yeah, I guess. that wouldn't I be guess, the most yeah. shocking thing in the world i mean like Kawhi leonard changes his mind about playing in nba games during the regular season with it and couple minutes like game time decision won't play rest. yeah po- yeah sure possibly yeah that could be it too yeah or think about this a guy like chris paul i go to my agent i committed to the uh olympics agent looks at him and says you're 36 years old and if you get hurt your contract this summer kiss it goodbye and he's like you know what good, good point. point yeah no yeah totally they could have he's totally a free agent right uh, no, not necessarily. He has an option. He can, I think he can pick up. Correct. Okay. But he does. So it's a player option. So he is going to be a free agent. If most likely people are saying he's trying to get a new contract, right? Right, right, right. Totally. So, Remember when his contract was untradeable, they thought, and wow. I mean, what a turnaround. It's amazing. Worst, worst contract in the league. Can't believe OKC took it on. <laughs> I know. It's ama- I mean, pretty amazing. That is what happened. I know. I know. Totally. It's amazing. Yeah, and he right, but, really but, to the playoffs. 
Exactly. Well, to the Suns, right? Um, I, mean, I don't want to get too far back into the past. Great win in the series there, but and without Chris Paul, those last what two games was it without Chris Paul? Or just no, they won the series with Chris Paul. Game one with no Chris Paul, and and Devin Booker put on a show. Um, what do you think is like the thing with the rest of the series? Do the Clippers even stand a chance without Kawhi? Because we know Chris Paul will be coming back at some point, or we think. Yeah, we we think. I mean. First and foremost, I guess it feels like one of those weird, like fair trade offs that Kawhi's not playing and neither is Chris Paul. It does feel like a fair trade off. Like, okay, well, at least the Clippers are missing Kawhi Leonard. And it's, but it's really unfortunate because both of them were kind of unsure what the hell's going on. Kawhi with his knee, we're not really sure what's happening, right? They said ACL injury. And then it's like, no, it's not torn. It's like a sprain or something right and he's Mm -hmm. not nobody knows if he's gonna play tomorrow or play not not again this season and kind of the same with chris paul because we not only do you have Kawhi, who's nobody's saying anything about you have chris paul where i don't think they know what to say because we've never had a situation where in the western conference finals game one somebody tests positive for covid while he has a vaccine with no symptoms and now he's fine what do you do nobody knows and i think that's it's kind of unfortunate for the NBA, especially the Chris Paul situation, because I agree. Isn't it like a, it's like, it's partially like they're trying to do good, but it's also part of it's like, Oh, you're kind of ruining your product. And I guarantee most of America's pretty split on the Chris Paul topic. You know what I mean? Like that's a tough spot for the NBA. Yeah, it is a tough spot. I mean, for, I mean, I guess if this was the NFL, they'd, they would have changed their protocols in time for the playoffs because they do things that are better for their business and not just trying to throw a like facade of, oh, we're so righteous. I mean, that's just the truth with the NBA. They really try their best to be, you know, in the forefront of trying to make society altering decisions. But I think they have to realize here with COVID, it's such a fluid situation that they don't really know. Like it's okay to say, we don't know. And if Chris Paul is negative, let's get him back on the floor. But I do agree in a way that like, let's say he, let's say he does test positive before game three, right? He shouldn't play if he's positive for COVID. Right. I mean, in a way, like it makes sense to me. That's clear, but I I don't know if he still is positive. I mean, uh, Chris Haynes, two days ago, said Chris Paul has been symptom-free while quarantining in L.A., providing hope for return soon. So, uh, like, and they're saying he should pass the protocol at some point early in the Western Conference Finals. So what is the think, protocol is, I guess, the question. I, I, so I think he's obviously probably does. I, he's probably tested negative now, and you have to wait, like, a certain quarantining period, which probably. this is why I'm confused. So, like, even, you know, one of the tweets that I saw by Dan Bickley was, if Chris Paul's vaccinated, asymptomatic, um, and ineligible, why is Adam Silver, or says Commissioner Adam Silver needs to explain why he's okay with packing arenas for profit, right? Because you can have the same people in the arenas. Oh, I'm asymptomatic. I have COVID, but I'm going to go sit and watch the game. Take well, they're, the probably not, they're probably not even going to say they have COVID. They just probably just go to exactly. the stadium too. So, but, like, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's I, I don't know what's going on. But I feel like if Chris Paul tests negative at any point, he should be able eligible right away. Asymptomatic, he has a vaccine. If he provides like tonight, if you were to hop on a plane and say I have a negative test, he should be allowed to play. Uh, I I totally completely agree. But like I said, the NBA decided not to change their COVID protocols as COVID changed. Like that guy, the tweet you just read, they changed their uh, fan protocol. 
but they didn't change the a player. Makes Which zero weird. sense. Because you already have stadiums changing protocols, right? I mean, like even like the Seattle Seahawks just announced today full capacity for next season. You have all these teams that have full capacity at the games. The Clippers went from like, what, a 2,000-person crowd to full capacity in, in the last couple of weeks. I know. So I just feel like times need to start. We got to start changing to make the product better because we are in a situation now. We have a 1-0 series, right? And you have no Chris Paul or Kawhi right now. I think what would be best for the NBA, and I think you'd agree with this, is the NBA is probably hoping for a Clippers win today mm-hmm. and hoping oh, yeah. you can get Kawhi and Chris Paul back and kind of have a fair match. I mean, right? at, the NBA, at the NBA, is always rooting for seven games. I mean, that's kind of like what the rooting interest is always okay. going to be. So, okay, yeah, that's fair. But I, I mean it beyond like beyond ratings levels. I'm talking like pure like, okay, we. I think they see it more... What's the better way to put it? Like, I think beyond a ratings level, they still will see that even more importantly this time. Like, I really hope we don't, we're not the cause of like, oh, Chris Paul misses four games and the Suns lose. I think they really would love to see like Kawhi back, Chris Paul back just to like with a tied series, not up 2-0, not down 3-0 and make it kind of fair because I think this series will be tainted a little bit, George, if you have the Clippers... Or the Suns lose and Chris Paul was never allowed to come back. Or- yeah, true, true. I think this whole this whole season's kind of tainted for the uh, for the NBA. To be completely frank, yeah, it's been tough. There's been a lot of injuries. I mean, like from a lot of teams that have lost are the injured teams. But I think it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. I, my my thing is mano mano. I think you'd probably agree is that I just I like the Suns team a little bit better than with the two guys missing with Kawhi and uh, Chris Paul missing. I just have more faith in Devin Booker, even though it's his first playoff run. To he's been unbelievable. He's been unbelievable, and like it's kind of funny that narrative changes so quickly for players, right? Like we were last year. I mean, Tim and Trey Young. Let's like this kind of. I was going to say that. Yeah, like the two guys that we were like, oh man, never could be a winner. He's score. I mean, like literally, Devin Booker put up seventy points in a game, and it was like a charade, right? Like they were like feeding him the ball, trying to get him seventy points, and he had so many bad habits. But once again, you get the right coach in, you get the right players in. Even last year at the end in the bubble, you know they won eight straight. But then you get a guy like Chris Paul who teaches Devin Booker, like who was already probably on the right track, but you even get another veteran in there who's like, Hey man, this is the way you do things and be a really good hall of fame type of player and teaches them a shit ton. So you change the narrative from like a good stats, bad team guy to a guy we're talking about. Where is he ranking the NBA? Right? Like people are saying, is he a top 10? Is he a top 12? He didn't even make the all-star team this year. And we're really talking about him being a top 10 player. Who didn't make the all-star team? Trey Young. No, sorry. Chris, Chris Paul didn't make the, uh, Devin Booker made it or Chris, they oh, he made as an all. They made it as alternative. But Trey Young didn't make it this year either. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that, and that was deserved. By the way, they were five and seventeen. What, yeah, but I'm just saying. But still, yeah, I mean, yeah. you got so many shit players on shit teams. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal both made it, and they were like the worst team in the East. Yeah, so, I mean, like, except it, they, yeah, but they both they shouldn't have probably made it either. Yeah, so that's my point. Is like it's not always about your team's record because a lot of these guys. But that shows that Trey Young also didn't have the respect. He, oh, you have a losing season. Like, well, you're not. You're not Russell Westbrook. You haven't proved it, right? And Devin right. Booker's kind of the same way. Oh, you didn't prove it. Like, if you're not playing good enough, even though Devin Booker really did get kind of screwed over by that, but <laughs> like, he I mean, actually yeah. was playing good enough. Yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know. When you're, I guess, he counts as an all star, right? Even your all star reserve. Like, I just, yeah, he, he's yeah. an all star. I'm just he's saying it was kind of yeah. stupid that he didn't make. It. Even LeBron James, who rarely would like tweet like 
that's messed up. Like everyone was saying like Devin Booker is the biggest snub, you know, yeah. like that was pretty clear, but yeah, I think the narrative has changed so much. I mean, we're talking about on talk shows this like last two days, people are saying is Devin Booker, the next Kobe. We went from, he is a high scoring guy on a losing team, him and Trey young both, but especially Devin Booker right now to, is he the next Kobe? And the crazy thing is like, it makes sense. I understand the point of the conversation. I mean, even Kobe Bryant, I know is one of Devin Booker's like biggest supporters, right? Um, mm -hmm. He's like, and he, everyone knows when Devin Booker came to the NBA, he had just turned 18. He played at 17 years old in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Like, you forget that sometimes uh, how young these guys are. I keep like, I always have he's to not 24. Like, yeah. These rookies come in at 18, 19. And then they play five years and they're 24, which is like back in the day, rookies would come in at 22 and year three in the league. They're 24. Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker turned 24 last year. He's still yeah. 24 years old. He he can potentially lead the Suns to a title this year at 24. I mean, like, remember, we all talk about this. LeBron took till 28 to win a championship, or 27, yeah. whatever it is. Like, Booker is so young, but we do do this. We do this whole thing where we're like, oh, yeah, he's on a bad team. Like, But one thing that I we tend to, like, ha I feel like that it, it's hard to think about in the time until you see them be good. But it's like, you know what? There's a reason these dudes got drafted to a team that was like a top five or bottom five pick, whatever you want to consider it. Right. I mean, there's a reason Luca like got, I mean, when Luca went to the Mavs, they were the fifth pick in the draft because they were bad. You can't be good. It's hard to be good right away unless you are like a transcendent player. Yeah, or, that's or where unless you get into the situation, like the golden state warriors, like last year with James Wiseman, if if they were all healthy, made he would have been the second overall pick on a good team. Or when Duncan got drafted first overall after um, after Robinson, uh, Robinson, yeah, Robinson was hurt for the whole season. But those are very very rare situations. Still a little different because Wiseman wouldn't even have been the third or fourth best player on that team. Duncan is that's how rare Duncan is. Duncan Watkins yeah. was the second, maybe the maybe the best Probably player the on best. that team. Yeah. Yeah. So that's rare. I mean, like Wiseman still would have been what third best player. Draymond and Claire are better than him too. Yeah, and so, Steph, so and Wiggins is better than him. Like, yeah. So, so fifth. that's why it's hard. I mean, like you look at Devin Booker, he he's had to be the best guy on a bad team from the age of 18. Um, same thing with Trey young, but they both had vets. Like you said, Chris Paul, mm -hmm. I know that like Vince Carter was a big help for Trey young, like the last two years. And now oh, yeah. McMillan and, they're making waves and it's really fun to see the young NBA getting better like this. But um, I'm excited for tonight because Devin Booker can really make a fucking statement today. And yeah, oh yeah. I, like, I mean, like I know soaking Paul George, blah, blah, blah. But like, he's already kind of been in these moments. If Devin Booker really goes up 2-0 without Chris Paul, he's making one hell of a statement. And if they win tonight, I have a strong, I know the Clippers go down 2-0. But this is not it's right where the Clippers won them, baby. Yeah, but this is not this is not the same. They're not playing the same level as the you know the Mavericks or Jazz. The Suns team is, I, if Chris Paul is playing, he's a better team. It'd be harder to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally be harder to come back. So hopefully, I'm with you. I think I actually think the Suns win this game, and I actually like. I know it's funny to say, but I actually kind of believe in the Suns in four thing on in this one because I don't know if Kawhi Leonard's going to be back by game maybe he'll be back by game four but if they're down three nothing they're not going to risk further injury by bringing him back so they have to win one yeah. of the next two games or i don't think Kawhi leonard comes back yeah i mean yeah i mean if they're down 3-0 he's not going to risk it and like tear his hands tear his knee for next year right? right right so this game is pretty huge and i i think if the suns win this game i think it's over for those same reasons i i don't know 
if Kawhi coming back at 80%, I mean, we saw James Harden in, in, in come back. It's not, even with a healthier Kevin Durant, like it's not that easy to win if your co-star is hobbled. No, totally it, agree. I couldn't easy. agree. I could not agree more. It's going to be a fun one tonight. And I'm really excited for it. And last thing I want to say before we sign off here is, uh, I, I want like, can someone talk to the NBA and maybe the NBA, like Adam Silver, come on this podcast? I don't understand. I'm really fucking irked by this. How do okay? So Saturday, the Clippers series. Friday, the Clippers series end. Right. They play Sunday game one in Phoenix. They, then Sunday, the um, the Hawks Sixers series play. They play game one tomorrow. How are the Suns in the East Western Conference Finals and Clippers playing two games before there's one game in the Eastern Conference Final? It makes no sense to me. Well, I found out yesterday that they have to fill the Sunday ABC slot at 1230. It's like a requirement. Mm, make, okay, but then why don't they just switch? Why don't? Why is it not like today plays game one and then the Suns play game two tomorrow. Just give him an extra day's rest because he had the uh, one. Yeah. I mean, that's what they did. I don't know. They did that to the Suns. I mean, or to the Clippers. They only gave him a half a day basically. So that's what I'm saying. It's more, it's more for the Clippers. Uh, well, no, it'd be more for TV scheduling. <laughs> the Clippers no, had rest. The, I mean, the I mean, the Suns had rest. The Clippers, no, no, I to- had no rest. But like, why do the Sixers? Why do the Hawks deserve so much? And Bucks and deserve so much more rest. Let's see. Atlanta's going. Maybe it's the travel. Atlanta to Milwaukee is much further than LA to Phoenix. Maybe that's what it is. It could totally be that. But like, it's just weird to me that how it worked out like that. Because like, literally, we're gonna have Game Four of the Phoenix series on Sunday on Saturday in game three. So we can end like theoretically the Suns series could be swept on Saturday and we only play two games of the Eastern conference series still. Yes, but that, but it could also end on Tuesday if it's a four. I know what you mean. The problem is if it's a, if the series goes along with the Suns, it's not going to feel any different to be honest, because it's only true, like true. Days apart. I, yeah. But if it's a sweep, we're only going to be on game four by next Tuesday for the other series, which means exactly. if that extends, we could be talking about like a week and a half rest for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. That's where my point is. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me that how much longer they're getting or how much faster that series can end. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, it's uh, who knows? There's probably some reasoning that we don't understand. That to is totally, I, mean, I mean, I mean, that's yeah, what it is. <laughs> That that is the true answer. Is it's probably some money or contract related, like oh, you have to play this on this day or some. To- or there's maybe to- NBA is probably good at this stuff. There's probably some travel number where it's like X amount of miles means you need X amount of hours or something. Something like that, yeah, totally. Because the Clippers, George, to your point, the Clippers did end on Friday night. Yeah, like at 10 p.m. and had to play at 12:30 Sunday morning. Yeah, they had one day rest. They had one day in like eight hours. hours. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. No, totally, yeah, that's my point. Well, that's all we got for today. And we'll be back tomorrow talking about hopefully the sun's going up 2-0 on our way, on our journey to Suns and Four. Perfect. And uh, you're listening to Pod That. Two brothers talking sports. And uh, you can find us everywhere at Pod That um, on all social media and at the Sports on Tap and thesportsontap.com. And George... That's what they like to say. They say this is the Sports on Tap. The Internet's pub. Cheers. Cheers.